Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. It's Friday the 12th of January, 2018. We're in the new bump, new year, I should say. Um, it's got fine as normal as like 2017. And I've got an, a tight but a really fantastic panel. You might have some of the posse joining us during the show. They, that normally happens. And we've got some great WordPress discussion stories. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this discussion. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Let's start as we normally do with Sally. Would you like to introduce yourself, Sally? Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. Uh, My business is WP Fangirl. I aim to build profitable websites that are a pleasure to use. And I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. And if you're around that area, go to the website and join Sally because it's a fantastic um, meet up basically and they always have fantastic subjects um, John would you like to introduce yourself sure thing my name is John Locke I run a uh, business called Lockdown Design which provides SEO to blue collar industries such as manufacturing and John does a lot more than that he's a really fantastic front end developer but he knows his SEO really well as well so it's a powerful compliment combination folks chris would you like to introduce yourself my name is chris badgett i'm the co-founder of lifter lms which is a wordpress plugin for making selling and protecting engaging online courses i also have a podcast for course creators and membership site people called lms cast and um it's a great plugin folks i'm using it myself on a project and chris and his team are their support is fantastic as well um, before we go into the stories, I want to talk about the sponsor of the show, which is a fantastic plugin. It's Intelligence WP. And what does the Intelligence WP do? do? Um, basically, it helps you with Google Analytics. It kind of puts it on steroids. It really does provide a lot of information um, which could be useful to yourself and to your clients. And it also provides a really nice interface as well. There's a few plugins doing kind of things, but this is really stands on its own for the, the amount of functionality it has. They've been sponsoring the show for the past few months and their support is really appreciated. And go to their website. It's totally free, the plugin. They offer um, kind of... Um, training packages um, and kind of hold your hand and show you all the functionality it has Um, but the actual plugin itself is totally free so you can try it out install it and see if it could help you or your clients I think it's just fantastic Um, so let's go into story one folks because um, I was thinking um, Elevate Mentor. I, I haven't really, we really haven't discussed it. You know, we talked a lot about Beaver Builder because we're all fans of it. But Elevator, um, they seem to be, uh, you know, a lot of downloads, a lot of usage, and they seem to be totally committed on building this out. Um, and they've just recently 
had quite a large update where they have had a lot of improvements. Would anybody like to start off with that particular story? I'll jump in there and say that uh, at Lifter LMS, we get a lot of people who are interested in working with page builders like Beaver Builder. I've watched the Elementor community really grow and interest just surging for that platform. In fact, uh, a regular panelist on the show, uh, Adam from WP mm. Crafter, um, he was uh, mentioning just the other day that um, in combination with Brainstorm Force, they're, they're rolling out a Elementor plugin that makes it possible to kind of integrate Lifter with Elementor in different ways. So that's just my experience on what I've been seeing. But what I hear from people that they really like about Elementor is the commitment to speed. The template library is massive and incredible. When I look at the template library, I, I was lo actually looking at it today in preparation for this episode. Um, I liked, personally, I'd like to see more like education, membership course kind of stuff in there. But you know, they're going after the big markets first and, and all that or whatever. But um, I have just as a guy who, who built up a, you know, a WordPress plugin business, I've been impressed in watching their trajectory and how they interact with their community. And, and um, I'm just impressed and I'm keeping an eye on, on how it's going. Yeah, it's been impressive. Um, I think they're, I'm not totally correct. I think they're based in Israel, are they not? I believe so. Yeah. Was it, any thoughts about this, Sally? Uh, well, I, I wish Adam were here because I think yeah, he may I be the only, only one of us who's, who's used it. Uh, no, I've, I've actually been playing around with it. Or, right, or, or who've, who's used it very extensively. And, you know, sort of like Chris, I've heard good things about it. I've noticed that it grows by leaps and bounds and they keep adding new sort of, of features and elements. And, you know, their, their description in this particular uh, post about, uh, you know, what they've changed in the new release. It, it all looks, you know, very pretty and like, you know, something that somewhere in my, in my copious spare time, I should take a look at. Um, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know how many different page builders I want to attempt to have, uh, <clears throat> have a degree of mastery over, you know, the same as, as other kinds of things. It's like, well, possibly more than one, if there are, you know, noticeably different advantages, uh, but, you know, there are so many out there that, that I don't think there's very much point in, in attempting to try uh, all of them. Yeah, I suppose WP Tonic, because we're in a support maintenance role, I've got a couple of clients that use different ones, and so kind of help out. Um, I've had the three that I've concentrated on is Beaver Builder, um, Elementor, and um, from Fry Theme Architecture, um, they're the three that I've got any experience with. Um, I I think all three are in a kind of development competition in a way. Um, they, they've all made enormous strides over the coming months. It's been amazing to watch it. Really, what any thoughts about this, John? Yeah, the two things that stuck out to me uh, with this latest version of Elementor uh, are the autosave function, uh, which means that if you're editing it, it autosaves. You don't need to click the save button. So if you forget, you don't lose your work. And the other thing that really stood out to me as well is uh, you have the ability to work on a post that's already published but in a draft mode, which I think is uh, 
Fight and Genius. And basically how that works is if you have something that's already on your site and you need to add something to it, you can basically, uh, it's almost like a clone of that existing um, post that you can uh, work on in a draft mode and then publish the changes. It's almost like a staging area for just post. (laughs) But I thought those were ingenious things, so. They really are, and we just had Adam from W. Oh, is he Adam oh, yeah. from WP Crafter. Let's go into the better view, actually. Um, WP Crafter, join us. Um, so we started off with Alamator. You know, I thought we hadn't really talked much about them, and I thought it was about time that we did really, Adam, because I know you've been doing a lot of courses and. Um, with, what what's your feeling about how their progress? with this new update, really, Adam? How do you think they are competing with the other main contenders in the page building? Total world domination. <laughs> uh, well, it would be I, a pro rule, would it? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, you know, it was in December I made a video on my channel about the future of Elementor, and the reason I made that was because it was right up at the time, the one-year anniversary of the paid version. So, you know, it's time to renew if you want to uh, have the next year's uh, updates. And, um, uh, you know, what's most exciting about this most recent update of 1.9 is what's next 2.0 and 2.0 is usually when you really push that massive, massive improvement. And um, what one thing I love about what they're doing is, I mean, obviously they're not telling everybody what they're doing, but the writing is just on the wall of what's happening with what Elementor is up to. A uh, perfect example is, let me actually just turn off my, uh, I have one of those like software-based firewalls. And I think sometimes it might block a packet or two. Um, I don't know if my voice is ever choppy, uh, but the writing's on the wall, what they're doing. They want you to build every aspect of your website using Elementor, kind of like Gutenberg. I mean, maybe they got the, maybe Gutenberg got the idea from them, you know, so what's coming up in February, most likely is they've, they, they've kind of left little clues, but in February 2.0, maybe early March 2.0 is coming out. You're going to be able to make your headers fully with Elementor. They already have navigation widgets. They already have the a search widget, which is all the elements you would really need in your header. So you're going to be able to do your whole header, your whole fo- footer, but most excitingly, you're going to be able to do full page and post templates. And, uh, you know, uh, they're calling it their, they have a, like a in development phrase called their theme builder. Um, but it's really kind of in the mold of Beaver themer, which um, uh, if the listeners are familiar with, it makes it super easy to create uh, uh, templates, blog post templates, page templates, or whatever. In fact, Chris is here. I use Beaver Themer to make his learning management system look like Teachable's learning management system because you can make it, you, it's so easy to do these things. You can do some really cool, amazing stuff with it. Um, we certainly do. We certainly do live in interesting times. Um, I just want to quickly ask you, actually, Adam. I, I was saying um, earlier on that I see three main players, and that's Elementor, um, Beaver Builder, and from Fry Theme Architecture. Um, they're the three main 
players and they seem to be in earnest competition with one another about how they're building it out. Would you? Agree? I never hear anything about Thrive Themes. I do. No, because I think because um, they have refused to follow the license. Um, GPL. Yeah, so in some ways they're a bit blackballed a little bit. Um, I've never really got involved with that because I just didn't want to, um, basically. I might even, I'm just surmising it, but thanks for that, Sally. Um But Adam, would you agree with that? They, they seem to be the three main players, do they? Well, actually, there's four, and that oh, would be Divi. That would be oh, Divi. Yeah, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people discredit Divi because everything it builds is like short co- under the hood, is all the short codes. Uh, however, it's hard to argue, though. The thing is, is I think Divi probably takes 50% of the sales that go towards page builders really do wow. go to Divi. I mean, they're, they're pushing massive numbers, wow. massive, massive numbers. They are by far, I think, bigger than all of them combined, but they don't have public numbers like that, you know. And, um, uh, but the interesting thing is the only one with like a true freemium model is actually Elementor. I mean, Beaver Builder does have a free page builder, but it, you're not going to really use that because it's extremely, extremely stripped down. I do. The free version of yeah, Beaver Builder? Because wow. I want to do 90% of my code as, as code, but the free version lets you structure your your layout quite tidily, and then you can stick widgets in it for you know a, a lot of the other functions. Uh, but yes, it is very, you know, I think that's not the that that's not going to be sort of the the common path of how people are looking at uh, at Beaver Builder. They want all of those elements that you know <clears throat> help you avoid writing your own code. Yeah, I think that's really well pointed out because I think as you were saying that, Sally, that I think there's te- there's definitely different users, and dis- yeah. different user kind of scenarios, isn't there, Adam? Like. With Fry Themes, I tend to use it because I'm more interested in making landing pages and making landing pages for clients because sometimes they ask us to do that and we do it for them. And um, I just got really Shane, the CEO of Fry Theme. You know, I've been following his blog and he's been on the podcast and I tried to get him on earlier on the end of last year and he was just too busy. But I really respect him and his team. Um, and his knowledge about online marketing. Um, so that's what I tend to use it. Where the other two, I think they're focused more, you know, but I think there's different scenarios, isn't there, Adam? Well, yeah, there's different users. Like, so Sally's coming from a developer's perspective, you know, where she's still, uh, she's capable of doing a lot of the heavy lifting still herself. And this is maybe like a new thing, like even choosing to do some of it in a, in a page builder. And so there's definitely that slice. I think the bigger slice of people that are using these are non-coder designers. Uh, that's a huge chunk of the market. And that's what really is drive driven Divi and Elementor is these designers. So think about it. Uh, say you're a graphic design company for maybe a print shop and you have hundreds of businesses that do business with you yearly and they love you. 
you're an amazing designer and you want to, your clients now might ask you for a website. You don't have to hand it off to someone. You could learn how to use Divi or Elementor, which gives you these design features, which kind of some of them are kind of lacking in a Beaver Builder. So you got, you do definitely have these different user groups and you were just explaining how uh, for the whole, the whole segment of the market that's into this fancy thing called funnels, sales funnels and landing pages and all that kind of stuff. Well, they jump first to the Thrive products because that's kind of their focus. Uh, their focus has traditionally been that market and they actually have some real exciting stuff coming out. I, I'm not like allowed to talk about uh -huh. it. Um, but they, I, I mean, I, I could say if you looked at Thrive Architect sales page and you scroll down to the bottom, it says what's coming next. And it's like really amazing what's about to come out. Um, uh, I just started using it a couple days ago and I'm pretty impressed with it. And I think if you're into landing pages, conversion rate optimization and all that, you're going to have to give a double look at um, uh, Thrive Architect and what uh, they're about to be releasing. Yeah, you can definitely see almost divergence in the different products already, um, and I think that's going to accelerate and continue. Well, I think it. I think it has to because they need to differentiate themselves from each other. But um, you know, the the elephant in the room here in the page building department is that I still encounter a lot of people who have foolishly uh, bought a theme that is bundled with Visual Decomposer. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> uh, but we try and get them off it as much as possible. Yeah, well, uh, I've pretty much decided that the only thing I'm going to do on any site with Visual Decomposer is um, switch to something else uh, because it, it <clears throat> you know, I, I, it's not just that plugin, but I think a lot of the themes that bundle it, it, it make various kinds of mistakes on top of bundling plugins in, and then there's just a terrible mess we won't i had to put my foot down really we won't support we do it's not we try and be as flexible as possible but we're we've made it quite clear with clients now that we're not prepared to go down a down a track that leads nowhere we're trying to build out new pages using that um you know we maintain the existing site and we give them some training and help as much as possible but they want something larger and they want us to support them in that journey. They're going to have to choose something a bit better. <laughs> um, well, and there, there's some cracks in that right now too. Slowly theme developers are instead choosing Elementor because it's free and it's very easy to write new modules for it. So slowly what you're seeing is this trend. Well, there's lots of different transitions, right? But that's one of the transitions that's already starting to happen. You're seeing, uh, themes uh, instead of going visual composer going the elementor route and it's actually smart if I was a theme developer I would or if I was developing anything okay I would I would connect myself to the elementor bandwagon because they have so much fire and momentum and such a hungry uh, group of users that not to be shameless here they'll buy anything you throw at them how about that you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, you know, even with uh, uh, Chris and his learning management system, we had a call and I said, you know, you really got to consider, you know, hooking onto this Elementor thing. And they're, you know, if you're a development company, you already have limited resources to begin with. So I, I'm working with someone else to build Elementor integration with Lifter LMS because, 
you know, that's just what you want to hook yourself onto. If you're making a plugin, a theme or anything, you want to hook yourself onto that. Do you, any news? Do you mind if I ask like what, when that's rolling out or what, any, any further update on that? Yeah, the proof of concept is uh, pretty close to being built. And so I'll test it. Uh, uh, definitely go in the MVP minimum viable product route and uh, reduced it to the, the minimum of what I think really needs to be there. And I think we're probably just a matter of days away on that. Awesome. Uh, just days away, which is exciting for me. Um, essentially, um, his product, uh, Lifter LMS, with this free plugin is going to be uh, deeper integrated with Elementor. So you can show an Elementor page instead of your course page. So you can have true sales pages dynamically. Uh, if, you're, if someone's on your, I'm probably going down a rabbit hole on here, but it's going to be good. It's going to be free. Uh, and if you follow WP Crafter, you'll, you'll be knowing all about it. I won't worry, Adam. I'll, I'll never be known to go down a rabbit hole. Ever. <laughs> we, we enjoy hearing you rant, Adam. <laughs> yeah, so I do that a lot. Yeah, never, never, never happened to me. Never. All right, I think we're going to go for our break and we're going to go back, come back, and we've got a couple of great stories. I've got a feeling that the second story might take up the whole second half, actually, because it's an amazing post, really. Um, be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back got a great panel um we, i think we've had a great discussion already i just think it's fabulous and we're, we're coming back with our second story and that's from pippin wilson he did a I think it's quite an amazing post really when you really delve in all the areas all the um, Pippin had quite a year. He's kind of he like has um, he's like a cat, isn't he? He really has like five lives, five normal lives in one year than a person would have in five years plus, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it certainly covered a lot of subjects here that I want to discuss. Does any of the panel want to start off? I'll, I'll, oh yeah okay i'll just start off and then and then we can pass it off to chris or something because he has a software company as well yeah. uh, i think a lot of us are really into services what i do is kind of a product i'm producing video content and there's a large audience there uh one of the things i was actually inspired the uh in reading this article or I would say one of the key takeaways um, was I'm really inspired how he pulled himself. He writes in the article about how he's just looking at his business and he realizes he, he's doesn't really have a role in the business because he's, he's built such a good team that he doesn't even have to participate in the day to day and he can focus on other things. uh, But it's really now, what do I focus on? And I, I, I really, um, 
am inspired by that because it's kind of a goal that I have in, in a certain respect for me. Uh, there's, uh, when, when you have a business, there's so many tasks that need to get done. You, you've got to be willing to let go of tasks and hire someone to do it or get some help so that you're focused. Your time is only spent on what you are best at. And obviously, when you're first starting a business or uh, starting to sell a product, you're not able to do that. And that's that's fine, right? You're, you, you have to be the one to make this thing work. But then once it starts working and once it starts making some money, then you should part with your money a little bit and start hiring a lot of this stuff out so you can get back to a normal life. Because ultimately, you just end up creating a job for yourself, a highly demanding job. If you can't learn to let go, if you can't learn to trust people. Obviously, he's, it appears like he's really hired the best people and he, he doesn't take advantage of them. He not only hires the best people, he pays them well. He sees uh, he's committed to them and them doing well. And even to the extent towards the end of the article where he gave a good chunk of his business to several of the key players in his business so that they could be stakeholders, which is good. And I've done that in prior businesses as well. That's something everybody should do because uh, it's not hard to give a good portion of it away. Um, the only no, thing I think, he, what's that? I totally agree with you. Um, I just want to go over quick some synopsis of the key points I got from it because it's multi-layered and all of you, the panel, yeah. get something different from this post. Um, obviously, um, area might, you know, there's multiple areas that would interest Chris here, but, you know, even the broadband connection in a rural area, I don't know what kind of problems you've had, Chris. Uh, um, so that's a subject in its own right. And then you've got, um, you've got his experiences about, um, really quote, not closing down, but stopping third, the third party, extension and buying those and the decisions around that then you've got his decision to increase the prices generally and all the flack that he got from that and there was a quite an interesting post uh, i think it was at the beginning of the year that he's been where he was looking at um you know uh, at the figures and he wasn't very happy and i looked at the figures and i thought i wouldn't be very happy either uh, um and how that was drain, you know, reducing his ability for choices and a roadmap around some of these key plugins. But there's also areas where I disagree with Pippin in a way. I I, I see the logic. I am not um, a big fan of automatic renewal. Um, I never have been, but I totally understand it. And also you've got the area where he's removing discount any if you renew for the second year, um, traditionally in the WordPress plugin system, you get a discount um, to renew after the first year. Um, he's removing that as well. He's decided to remove it from his key products. So there's a lot of areas to cover in this post, isn't there? There really is. So Chris, would you I just like to add uh, just a couple of points for the listener. Some other things in the article were that um, overall Pippin, business did uh 2.3 million dollars last year which is a lot and his team i forget the exact number somewhere around 13 foot, people. yeah foot 13 14 isn't it 
Um, and his flagship products are Affiliate WP, Restrict Content Pro, Easy Digital Downloads. Those are kind of the main ones. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I just want to note, note from observation in the WordPress ecosystem is if you look at entrepreneurship from an angle of ubiquity, like if you're going to invent something and like lots of people need it, that's like a secret to, for example, billionaire Mark Cuban's success in, in the businesses he chose to get, go into. Some people end up there accidentally. Some people end up there intentionally. We were just talking about Elementor uh, and Beaver Builder. Page Builders is a very ubiquitous need in the whole website you know, online business thing. Um, some of Pippin's, Pippin's businesses like e-commerce with easy digital downloads, similar to WooCommerce is a very gigantic ubiquitous market. Um, but in terms of his story, I also just want to note, I did recently interview Pippin on my podcast. That episode has not gone live yet, but we go mm. into depth on a lot of these topics. So <laughs> this is in February, 2017 or uh, January, 2017. So that'll probably roll out February, 2017 on the LMS cast. But um, one of the interesting things about Pippin that I really admire is um, it's easy to get really consumed by your business. Um, Pippin's chosen to remain, you know, where he grew up or around friends and family. I, I believe in Kansas. Um, he has a connection to the land. He does like retreats with his people where they get offline and do stuff like that. Um, and he also started a brewery. He's like a creative guy. And uh, th that's just a passion of his, which is great. And it just shows some balance and maturity. And uh, we get into some of the story behind all that in, in our episode. But I, as a, another plug-in business, um, the concept of, you know, evolving work on your business, not in your business and achieving that milestone and building a great team. I thought that was really good. And just, to, just to really, for the listener out there, if you're not familiar with who Pippin Williamson is, he is in his twenties. So he has accomplished all this at an incredibly young age. Um, and <laughs> he, keeps, he looks young. <laughs> yes, I know. No, Pippin is the kind of person who makes all the rest of us feel like slackers. Yeah, I'm a slacker. And he has. We mentioned three plugins. He's actually got I, I, about 200. Many of those are free. Some aren't that big, but it's a. He's prolific. Um, but I, the some of the points I found really interesting, besides the great you know entrepreneurial milestones there and the the stable business and everything is the decision to shut down a marketplace because mm. in the WordPress ecosystem, the community is very important. And uh, I just found that interesting. I think sometimes the open source world can learn a little bit from the corporate world. So this whole thing of like acquisitions, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, making strategic decisions and acquiring these small companies or products just to bring it all under one roof and one management it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's really yeah, important. You know, if, just, in, just yeah. interrupt slightly. As you were saying that, I was thinking about what Adam was saying about if you're a developer, horse your flag to Elementor, you know. But there's an, also there's a slight danger. What, you know, what happens if Elementor comes to you and you've developed the business and say, well, we, we, we want to make you a offer that you cannot refuse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing's black and white in business, is it, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's always about focus on 
you know, the end customer and everybody's going to win. And I mean, do business deals where everybody, you know, walks away with a winner, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. But yeah, it is, it is always, it can be risky when you're, you're entangled in the same way that we're all entangled to WordPress and we're like, what's going on with Gutenberg? Like it's, that's part of community. That's just part of the game of life. So, but, but yeah, I, overall, I think it's a fantastic article. Pippin is an amazing writer. I'd encourage everybody to go check that out and uh, read his story. And also, if you know a young entrepreneur, especially, it's a good story to share with somebody who's uh, up and coming just as an, an example of what people can do starting at a young age. Yeah. Before we move, move on to the other, you know, John and Sally, and um, what, what did you sense why the decision to bring in the house the other you know that he had quite extensive library of third party extension plugins he brought I've, in about 30 of them some he you know he made offer most people were happy to take it i'm sure that's the truth but what do you sense why that decision was made actually chris I don't know 100%, but in my experience in talking to other plugin owners and in my personal experience too, um, there's a lot of issues at play. One of them is support. And typically, if you're a third-party add-on and you're not like the lion's shares of the sales, um, you know, you're not as incentivized to, to you know, be in it, you know, just cranking on the support, continually improving the product. If you're not getting the big sales that the main core product is getting, and you're an add-on for some niche scenario. Um, I think there's just a, um, it's easy to fizzle out. Like it's hard enough just to get a plugin launched. And then it's a whole other level of commitment to continuously improve it while maintaining incredibly high support standards. It's, T- it's Tell it's me. <laughs> so uh, I think that's what happened. It's just a maturity thing of like, let's get this all under one roof. You know, they, they probably paid as best as they could for, you know, to acquire those plugins. I bet some of those plugin owners were happy to take that money and go do something else. Or yeah, I'm sure they were. It's just so interesting because, you know, kind of as I was reading that bit, Chris, I was thinking the difference between some of the foam um, plugins, like Gravity's always had a set of plugins where you've got the developer's license, then you have access. And they've all, um, some have been developed, but they... They keep it in house, and then you only get those additional um, functionality if you buy the developer license of Gravity Form. Where other forms uh, have a, a kind of the base product is free, and then the, you can buy a whole packages of, and some of them develop third party, and some of them aren't. It's a very diverse lands, landscape, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it's just, it's add-ons, bundles, and freemium, and you can do all kinds of different combinations there. But it's also hard. I mean, if you're making an an add-on plugin for someone else's product, and that product is already a niche, so now you're a niche in a niche, you know, I think a lot of those plugins probably shouldn't have been sold. It was probably a developer that built something that they needed themselves. They figure, let me just toss it in this marketplace. There wasn't some big commitment behind it. You know, like for instance, I was talking about the plugin I'm making for Chris's plugin. I'm not selling that. I'm just going to toss that sucker in the repo and people can have at it, you know, and it's going to be MVP little to no supports needed. I don't want any money from it. Everyone can have it, make it better. But I think you have a lot of that at play too. Um, 
I don't want to offend anyone. Developers are not business, the best business owners. They really need to learn to be a business owner. Um, just because you can develop and put a price tag on something doesn't mean that you know about all the other 90% of what's involved. Um, that's why development teams work well. Like Chris has um, uh, Tom, right? Thomas, yeah. Thomas. Thomas. I, I know it. I have just, I wasn't thinking. Dude, you have Thomas. Dude, Thomas dude. doesn't want to deal the front end stuff and you don't want to do probably do the stuff that Thomas is doing. You make a beautiful pair. If you, yeah. if you I can't back. write a line of PHP. I, you guys all write better code than me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you out of the coding cave lately, as you see day, daylight, yeah. He uh, needs some sun. <laughs> Thomas is actually uh, leading the uh, Los He took over leadership of the Los Angeles Word Camp. So that's uh, something exciting for 2018. Wow. Oh, well, that's great news. Um, Sally, what did you think of the, uh, any key points that's, you know, that you thought were powerful from it? Um, <clears throat> a couple of things. The first time I read the article, what, what really caught my eye was the, the closing of the marketplace. And, and it, you know, because I somehow hadn't heard about that. I'd heard about, you know, the price increases and the renewals and, and some of these things. And, and we talked about a few of them on the, on the show. But the, somehow that had, had passed my attention. And it, it was surprising at first, but their logic uh, you know, that as, as he explained, it was, was quite clear that, you know, they were able to both, uh, you know, save money on commissions, you know, make money by owning those extensions and, and selling them themselves and, you know, uh, make sure that things were better supported. Um, and, uh, but the, you know, the thing that really struck me that the second time I was reading it was, where Pippin was talking about how basically he, you know, he sort of promoted himself out of a job uh, and, uh, or and not exactly out of a job, but out of, um, you know, the, the, not only the job he started with, but something that, that he had really enjoyed and, and, uh, and been good at. I, I don't think anybody would suggest that Pippin is not good as a developer uh, and therefore it's better that, that somebody else do those things. Right. Um, but that, that, uh, it kind of comes back to the, uh, you know, the saying that the, the two great disappointments in your life are, are not getting what you want and getting it, uh, you know, that he'd, he'd aimed to, uh, to come to that point, to, to have a business that would survive without him and, and, and keep going if anything happened to him, but that he hadn't really thought about, well, what was his role going to be and, and what was he going to be needed for and that being needed was important, and you know, it's a reminder that this is uh, this is a thing that you need to to think about as you are planning that you know expansion and and growth is you know what is your job going to be then if it if it isn't what you started as and and to Adam I just want to say it's not just developers who are not naturally suited to being business owners it's attorneys oh <laughs> it's, it's absolutely everybody you know all, yeah. all those people who who you know oh I got laid off from my corporate job I will be you know I'm going to become a consultant and they know absolutely nothing about running a business they're accustomed to having somebody else take care of all of the marketing and the invoicing and the, you know, all of the things that uh, mean that when you're self-employed, you don't, you know, have nearly as many available billable hours as, as you did as, as an employee. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, John, um, before I ask you for your own reflections on the article, um, 
one area that uh, also you know not offering a discount when people renew their license um what's your feelings about that because it's only it's been a tradition and i, I in some ways i disagree with him doing not offering a discount anymore um but maybe you know it's not a black and white is it john so i just want to throw in real quick that, yeah uh, i agree with this decision just because of the um in order for the sustainability of the project in terms of continuous improvement and support, I believe in not discounting automatic renewals. You know, if there's going to be discounts on the front end, that makes sense, but right. it, um, it's just, a yeah, it's, well, you know, everybody like flapped all over the place when uh, WooCommerce decided to, to, to stop doing that. Um, but you know, it's either, you know, if you, if you are discounting renewals, it increases your need to get more new people signing up at full price. And then sort of the new customer is your bigger focus. Uh, and I'm sure everybody does want to continually get new customers for, the, for their products. Um, you know, and if you're discounting the initial buy, then in a way you have more uh, incentive to keep people coming back so that they're paying you, you know, higher prices. And either way can provoke people to be, annoyed uh you know if you if if your first year or something is at a huge discount it can seem sort of unfair that as a you know as a loyal customer who's coming back you're not getting a discount um but uh, you know i i think it's it's partly just you know people get used to something being one way and and they object when it changes and you know as with a lot of these things i'm pretty sure that after i've you know, after a year or two, nobody will even remember that it was different. Well, we see. Uh, what, what was your feeling, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with Chris and Sally. I think this was a price adjustment, and I think you're going to see more of this mm -hmm. in the WordPress uh, ecosystem. Uh, I think that I, uh, Pippin did the right thing because I, I admire what he did because all the decisions that he made, uh, we're aiming toward long-term sustainability and him being able to do with what, with his company, giving him the room to do the things that he needed to do. Uh, I think just because every WordPress plugin company traditionally gives a discount on renewal doesn't mean that that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Just because other people do it doesn't mean that it should be that way because in SaaS products, you don't see that. Nobody like gives you a discount when you're new. Um, the, the price increases, I think, were also an adjustment uh, because, and here's my feeling on this. Like if you're paying like $300 a year for a plugin that literally runs your business, that's only $25 a month. If you can't cover that cost, then you, you know, need to rethink your business, I guess. Um, but you know, acquiring all the plugins. That was, a, that was another thing. That money uh, becomes that they were paying out in commissions now goes directly back into the business. And he is using that to do things like build a cushion for times when revenue might downturn and also to uh, make his business sustainable and to pay his employees a fair, decent living wage. Because I think that's something that we still see a lot of in the WordPress ecosystem uh, is you know, people being taken advantage of and not being paid um, at similar rates that they would be able to get in other 
web ecosystems. So I, I admire him. And the last thing that I want that really stands out to me is he's still involved in his local community. He took some, uh, you know, not only did he buy uh, some land there in Kansas, but like a lot of rural areas, like where I came from, and we're seeing it out here, we live in a kind of the outskirts of Sacramento, but we're seeing development like come here. What he's doing is he bought like, uh, I think he said it was like three acres to be like a green belt because he knows that it's going to be developed there soon. And that's, that happens in a lot of places. So I admire him for all those reasons. He takes care of his people. He's running a solid business. Uh, he makes wise decisions that are, they're meant to sustain this business and he's involved in his local community. You can really tell that he cares about people and it's not just about what he can squeeze out of them. It's he actually cares. So. It's funny the customer might think, uh, you know, like when the, with the price increases, I wonder if pricing the, the non-renewal this the, the zero renewal discount does not work unless you're also doing the automatic renew. Because think about it, if you're given an email and you're given the decision to renew versus it happening automatically and just being like, oh, whatever. I know sometimes I'll have an auto renewal. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll cancel it next year. <laughs> you know, I won't even bother taking the time to cancel it, you know, because it, it just takes too much time. Um, uh, anyways, but that is uh, good stuff. No, I just think, uh, I, like I say, like, like most things, it's not black and white, is it? Um, there's no. all different points of view in there, Adam. Um, I'm, I'm in the, I feel that I'm in the middle between you, Adam, and what Sally and some of the other panelists have said about this. But I definitely, um, looking at the figures um, that you published uh, like 18 months ago, I felt myself, you, you know, you've got no alternative. You're going to have to put, and. I think, yeah, especially on the easy digital downloads, it, it, like what John said, you know, it's such a, a big, if it, it's a, it's a core plugin if you're using it, aren't you, John? You know, and like you say, if you can't afford $300 a year, for, not a minor plugin, but a real, a core plugin, if you can't afford $300 a year, you've got a problem, have you? You've got a lot more problems than your plugins at at that point. Well, well, my point is more, are you actually leaving money on the table by not giving the discount? Because um, you've got all your buyers, 100% of them, a percentage of them, they, they, for the convenience, it's no big deal, right? I could care less if you charge me more. I don't care. I just want the convenience of the updates and all that kind of stuff. But then you have another segment that's like, if there's no incentive for me to actually renew this thing, um, there's no discount. Maybe I'll renew it in a year. You know, it's working fine right now. I'll just shut it all down. I mean, I'll run everything, but I just won't get the updates and the support. I don't need support. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But there is a definitely a segment of the market like that um, that kind of, uh, feels that. That's why I think the zero discount will not work unless you're automatically renewing. I, I think that would be an interesting uh, thing yeah, to discover. Uh, well, a- apparently even when you are uh, giving uh, discounts for renewal, you know, the number of renewals when you automate it is just exponentially more it is. Uh, than, than if you leave it up to, to people yeah. to do themselves. And, you know, as a, you know, as a consumer, I'm not <laughs> thrilled by automatic renewals for most things. Uh, 
And I'm especially not thrilled if there's a situation where you get penalized for canceling your, your renewal. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is logical and you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with software. You're dealing with the fact that, you know, WordPress changes rapidly and plugins frequently need to change in conjunction with that in order to keep working. So, uh, you know, you are setting yourself up for trouble uh, if you don't keep things up to date. And some people won't. Uh, no. well, but, not- it, but, you know, there, there is a, uh, there, there should be enough of an incentive to, to, to update unless you've decided you're just not going to update anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're basically waving a big flag saying, please hack me. Exactly. Um, I think Adam put a really good point. And so you, Sally, um, it's, I have some concerns because if you, but on the other hand, I agree with John, you know, and the figures don't lie. What I think, uh, what is, especially in the SaaS, what you normally do, you do get a discount if you pay up front for the whole year. If, you, um, if you're prepared to pay up front, you get a sizable discount. If you want to keep on paying monthly, it's at one rate and you get, you know, a, or some don't, they only offer a minor discount. And you now I've been looking at my um, the SaaS products that I've buy, and I've cut and I, um, and I look for ones that offer me. Do I really need this service? Do I really need this product? And secondly, um, if I really need it, do they offer me a really good discount if I pay up front? And I, I go for the ones that can do the job that offer me a good discount up front. Because I need them and I find them useful. And I think that's a better business model, really. And that will encourage people to renew um, that, that they pay up front. What, what do you think of that, Adam? I think what's happening, and I, it is what it is, right? Mm. So you, WordPress is real young. The whole marketplace is really young of selling stuff. It really is. And people were trained a certain way. <laughs> I think new people coming into WordPress, the, if, if everything's the easy digital download way, that, that's fine because there's no prior um, being used to buying lifetime licenses and getting renewal discounts and all that. It's kind of what you walk into. Um, uh, you know, we've just been trained to dis- discount and we have these expectations as people that have bought plugins and themes. We just have these expectations that I think are slowly peeling away. Remember the days when everything was a lifetime license? That is gone. That is predominantly gone. Or if a lifetime license is available, it's very expensive. But that wasn't the case four years ago. Four years ago, everything was lifetime license. Now we're, we're fine with it. So I think over time, we're going to start being fine with it and fine with it. Um, and I know of one plugin that's premium priced, um, zero renewal and all that. And what they do is if you don't renew, you can't access the functions of the plugin. Uh, but they don't make that uh, blatantly obvious up front. I don't, I don't want to see that happen, you know. I don't want to see that happen. Well, you know, I agree with you, but on the other, you know, the other hand, on the SaaS model, if you stop buying, but see, the SaaS model, 
It's, it's not an apple to oranges comparison though, right? On a SaaS model, what your expenses are are different than what your expenses are selling free software. So when you're selling GPL software, your expenses are development and support. Those are like the big expenses, right? But when it's SaaS, you have to uh, host things and the, the amount of what, depending on what the SaaS is, the, the storage rates that you pay on Amazon, because everybody's got their stuff on Amazon. It just, there's different expenses breakdown yeah i'll see where you're coming yeah but i think that is mainly the thing that differentiates something being a product from being a service you know if it's product software as a service yeah that you yes i mean and even if it's software as a service it's a it's a it's the service part which means that if you don't pay it it isn't there and the the you know and and i think that is kind of the you know the 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 new uh baseline in WordPress products is, uh, you know, what you pay for, essentially, are the support and the updates. Uh, you know, if the, if the software itself is, is GPL, then well, you know, there, there it is, it, it's out there, but, um, you know, if you want it supported or, or, or updated, you have to you have to pay for that. And that's reasonable. I mean, it was, it was never realistic to sell lifetime licenses to things that were going to need support. Support is your biggest expense in software. Well, it's, it's as, okay. As, you know, you, you, you're a startup, you're trying to get traction. So you offer lifetime, um, you know, for the first 200, whatever the scenario is. And everybody knows, and then you might, you know, you can put a time limit. You know, there's all, all sorts of ways of approaching this. I think I think we're going to wrap it up. I'm not going to go for story um, three, folks, because um, I think we've had a fantastic discussion. Um, Adam, how can people get hold of you and learn more about what you're up to, Adam? I want to drop one idea for a future discussion. Yeah, go on. The ability of actually selling a – one thing he mentioned briefly in his article was selling, can I sell easy digital downloads? I question whether you can really sell um, – like how many successful ex- um, examples are there of selling a GPL-based product business, you know, when it's free anyway, obviously – WooCommerce is probably the only exception. I don't think there's been a lot of uh, selling transactions that have been successful and good for both sides. Anyways, um, different discussion. Um, uh, I think that's, that's a fantastic topic. I'll just quickly reply to you. I think that's been more um, more down to the actual um, the way the market was formulated and the way, you know, WordPress is totally free. It's, you know, it's easy to install. It's easy this, easy that, you know, there's no cost to it. The kind of storyline that automatic kind of put forward and Matt and blah, blah, blah. I think that it, that has had more of a consequence with what you've just said to it actually being open source in a way, but I might be totally wrong there. Um, Chris, how can, oh, you never did tell us, how can people get hold of you, Adam? <laughs> you can visit my website, wpcrafter.com, or if you want to access any of the 300 free videos, uh, tutorials on WordPress. It's youtube.com slash WP crafter. Leave a comment. I'd be happy to start talking with you there. Yeah, it's great. And Chris, how can people find out more about you and just listen to your wise words, Chris? 
Wise words are on LMS cast. It's a podcast. And uh, I just want to put a bow on a final thought in the WordPress community mm-hmm. for paid products. We are paying for access to support and updates, but there's a third nuance that sometimes gets missed, which is if it is a bundle situation, whether it's gravity or we have some bundles at Lifter, um, adding new products inside the bundles or new third-party integrations. That's another thing that you're kind of paying for in that renewal. So it's not just updates and support. It's yeah. also sometimes entirely new products. I'm Chris Badgett, the co-founder of Lifter LMS, and you can find me on Twitter too, at Chris Badgett. Great. And Sally, how can people find out more about you, Sally? You can find me at WPFangirl.com, at EastBayWP.com, or I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. And my former great co-host, friend, wise developer and console. How can people find out about you, John? You can find me at my website, which is LockdownDesign.com. I'm Lockdown underscore on Twitter and Lockdown Design on Facebook. Check it out. Oh, you do. And um, I always read some of John's posts and uh, I Twitter in them out, don't I, John? Yes, you do. Yeah, I do. That's great. And if you want to find more about me, go to my Twitter feed at Jonathan Denwood. Go to the Facebook page. Still haven't done anything about the group. And I just want to do a plug for our Friday show. Um, If you go down to the footer of the WP Tonic, it says Friday shows. And if you want to join us, you want to join the panel, if you've got a plug-in, a service, a presentation that you've done at a WordCamp and you want to talk some more about it, anything that you think the WordPress community would benefit, there's a form on that page and you fill it in and uh, if I think it's a great subject, uh, we have a chat and you can join us on the Friday show in the second half and we can discuss um, whatever subject you want to bring up and the panel can interview you as well. If that sounds of interest, go to that page. So we're going to wrap it up now, folks, and thank you for listening. I think it's been a great round table and we've covered a lot of interesting subjects. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.